Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Truckers Podcast. Straightforward talk and out with it. Current events, local, world news, and what's trending. Trending. I'm your host, Doug. So come on out and join me. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Parker's Podcast. I am your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada, and welcome to the show. I hope everybody's had a good Monday, and as the uh, days continue to roll on and time ticking down to Christmas Day, I hope everybody out there is being safe. So let's start off with those thank yous to all of our essential workers our frontline workers, our doctors and our nurses, our paramedics and our police and our fire departments. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. And also thank you to all my listeners, my guests, my followers, I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. So we got a few things to get through this evening. And uh, like this morning uh, when I was out here, um, I was talking about um, the lockdown uh, that was coming here to the province of Ontario and what that would entail. So um, that announcement um, came down today at approximately uh, 1.15 this afternoon. So this from our, our prime minister, our premier, sorry, not our prime minister, our premier of Ontario and the health officials of Ontario. With these new measures being put into place, this lockdown for Ontario will begin the day after Christmas. So Ontario will go into lockdown on Boxing Day, which is the day after Christmas, in an effort to bring soaring COVID-19 cases under control. A move the province announced Monday after health advisors said thousands of infections could be avoided if tough restrictions were imposed earlier. The lockdown will shutter all non-essential businesses 
ban indoor gatherings, close restaurant dining rooms, and move school class off to, to the schools to uh, class online for the first week of the new year. It also means Ontarians are advised to stay home as much as possible. The restrictions will remain in place for Southern Ontario until January the 23rd, but will lift for Northern Ontario where there are fewer cases on January the 9th. Now I was reading an article before I came up here and of course, you know, we always have, you know, these uh, backseat drivers, these critics, you know, and he's criticizing our premier um, on these measures, you know, for uh, the, the, nor the northern part of Ontario. You know, they're going to be in lockdown for a couple of weeks. Southern Ontario, where I live, is going to be for 28 days. And he's questioning, you know, he's saying this is the dumbest move that uh, Doug Ford, the premier, has done. That's just absolutely appalling. You can't do for one and not the other. Right? Should he have just maybe just put Northern Ontario right into the 28-day lockdown? Possibly. You know, but here in Ontario, the largest province of Canada has the second largest case count. The province of Quebec has the largest. So compared to other areas, you know, larger cities potentially are going to have the most cases, which is in this case has been proven because the most cases are here in the larger cities here in Ontario. So the move that Doug Ford, our premier, has done today, in my opinion, is the right move. Premier Doug Ford said the virus is spreading rapidly from areas with high number of cases to those with fewer cases and the province needs to preserve capacity in its healthcare system. You know, when this pandemic started last spring and it started to spread rapidly, you know, this is when you start to see the holes in the healthcare system. We had a lack of PPE. We weren't ready for this. And as things progressed, more measures had to be put in place. More PPP had to be ordered. You know, but we don't want to see our hospitals overwhelmed with COVID-19 and as it stands right now, all of Ontario, any elective surgery has been canceled because they just did not have the room. This difficult action is without doubt necessary 
to save lives and prevent our hospitals from being overwhelmed in the coming weeks, is what I said. And, you know, I was reading other articles too, you know, and, and people making their comments and, and, and everything else like that. And um, basically one of the comments that I, you know, put in there that, you know, just basically listen to all you boneheads out there. You know, we have a pandemic going on, you know, and from, you know, early 20s to well into their 80s, you know, people are dying from this. You know, I think Canada has been pretty lucky. You know, we, we, we now are unfortunately at about 515,000 cases in the entire country with nearly 15,000 deaths. Now, comparable to the United States, you know, the United States is just in a horrible mess. You know, from the handling of the virus to where they are now, it's just awful. Canada could be worse off than what we are if we didn't take these measures seriously from the get-go. We would probably have been the millions of infected. We could probably be in the hundreds of thousands of people who would die if we didn't take these measures early on during this pandemic. So these people out there, you know, saying that, oh no, you know, this this infringes upon our rights and our freedoms and, and, and all that crap. I mean, I'll get to that story, don't you worry. But, uh, you know, no, these people really need to give their head a shake. You know, our government, our healthcare professionals are making the right decisions. They could have locked us down before Christmas. They could have easily done that, right? And our premier was asked, why are we waiting until the 26th to do this lockdown? And the response from the government was that we want to give the businesses time to get ready. That makes sense. They're given the opportunity right up to the closing time on the 24th that they can make some money before this lockdown. He goes on to say, make no mistake, thousands of lives are at stake right now. Hours earlier, the province's health advisors said the sooner a hard lockdown were implemented, the more new cases could be prevented. If we started on December the 21st instead of December the 28th, it plays out significant reductions in cases under almost any scenario, said this one doctor. He's the co-chair of the province COVID-19 science advisory. Look, these doctors, 
these top doctors went to the government and said, look, we need to do something and we need to do it, right? These are the cases. This is the projection. We need to lock down. If we started earlier, like I said, you could. They could have started today. They could have announced this last Wednesday, last Tuesday, and said starting today, we'd be in this lockdown. Doctors out there, you got what you wanted. And I applaud you for your efforts. You also added that anything less than a four-week lockdown would not work based on the experience of other jurisdictions. Premier Doug Ford defended the decision to wait until Saturday to impose the restrictions, noting that the hotspots are already in lockdown. Toronto, Peel Region, uh, York Region, uh, Windsor and Essex, and so on and so forth. These places are already in lockdown before this lockdown. Since we want to give the same opportunities to businesses that haven't experienced lockdown before and give them the opportunity to get ready to hunker down, that's just what I said. The Toronto Peel Region, York Region, Winter Access, uh, Essex, and Hamilton, I forgot to mention Hamilton, are already in lockdown. And this Dr. Naveed, he's the CEO of the William Oscar Health System that operates hospitals in Peel Region, said people need to act as if the lockdown had already started. Until the people of this province realize what each trip out to out of their home risks for themselves and for their loved ones, we won't get through this, he said. Nothing that hospitals in Brampton, Ontario are grappling with capacity issues. Please stay home starting today. It's good practice, ladies and gentlemen. You don't need to go anywhere now. You got all your Christmas shop, uh, uh, shopping done. You've got your, 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 your groceries and everything all done. You have your prescriptions picked up. You don't need to go anywhere. The Ontario Hospital Association, which called for the, strict new, for the strict new restrictions, said it was disappointed the lockdown wouldn't take effect sooner. Well, you know, we just can't please everybody, right? So the lockdown's happening. The December 26th, State sends a confusing message about the residents should and shouldn't do at this critical moment. Well, we know what to do. We know what we're supposed to do. We know we're only supposed to go out for what we need. You know, this was never a free-for-all at any given time since the original lockdown. There were still restrictions um, uh, implied on us. If people don't know what to do already, then ask what you're supposed to do. 
and you should know what it's supposed to do because it's in the news every single day. You know, opposition parties, you know, they just slay me. Ontario NDP and NDP leader Andrea Horath criticized Ford for delaying the start of the lockdown and accused him of caving to pressure from big box stores. She urged support for small businesses, workers who needed income support, and those who may be facing eviction. Not caving into the pressure from the big box stores. Only essential services will be allowed to open. Now, Costco, they sell groceries, they'll be able to open because they sell groceries. But I think they should be limiting what else they can sell. Non-essential items should be banned. They should not be able to sell it. And of course, you know, small businesses are, are going to get help. The government is not going to leave them behind. Workers are going to get help. They're not going to be left behind. They're going to be able to apply for financial help during this lockdown. You know, these lockdown means more people are facing the collapse of their businesses, the loss of their jobs and financial hardships, he said. You know, and some, however, push back against the move. Well, what do you want the government to do? Just not lock down, just leave everything the way it is? Oh, I know, let's just open up and say the hell with it. You know, these people are going to get the help that they need. The Ottawa Mayor Jim Watson said that his city had been blindsided by the news of the lockdown. He noted that his city has successfully brought its cases down. No, the mayor from Ottawa was not blindsided. This has been talks been going on for a while. I mean, he can't play the blind game. The measures mean schools across the province will move to online learning from January 4th to January the 8th, after which students are to return to in-person classes depending on location and grade level. Hey, welcome to the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. I was just going over these lockdown measures that are going to take effect the day after Christmas. Here in Ontario, Canada, right across the entire province. So uh, basically, um, here in southern Ontario, it's going to be a lockdown for 28 days. Um, northern Ontario, and, uh, and also like to the east. And that where there are uh, substantially less cases, they're going to be locked down for two weeks. And, you know, I was going over here because, uh, you know, there's always critics. You know, some are saying, why aren't we doing this sooner? You know, why are we waiting until uh, this coming Saturday to do this? 
you know, and our premier of Ontario, you know, is stating that he's given the, the businesses an opportunity to be prepared. I can't ask for any more than that. I mean, we could have done this, you know, starting today and have this announced, you know, on, on say this past Friday and only give the businesses three days to, to uh, comply with the order. I think that um, the, the, the decisions made today by the Ontario government is the right decisions to make. And that, uh, you know, giving these businesses the opportunity, you know, to get prepared, you know, um, this um, Ottawa mayor, um, he said uh, that he's been blindsided by the news of the lockdowns. You know, um, he wasn't blindsided of anything. This, this talk has been going on for a couple of weeks. Our, our top doctors around uh, around Ontario and everything like that were calling for these measures. So this mayor of Ottawa was not blindsided. And he's wondering why, too, you know, because, you know, they successfully brought his cases down. Well, right beside Ottawa is the province of Quebec. They have the highest case count in all of Canada. Now, if you don't lock down Ottawa, Ontario, Quebecers will come over in droves because they're going into a lockdown. And we don't want that either. So we're sending a clear message to the Quebecers. You're not coming here. And we'll see in those areas for the two week period of lockdown, see how that goes. And we wanna be very careful of that because we really don't wanna give other provinces an opportunity to come here. So this online um, learning will be from January 4th to the 8th, um, at, uh, at which time students will return to in-person classes depending on location and grade level. Um, all students in the Northern Ontario and elementary students in Southern Ontario are returned to in-person learning on January the 11th. High school students in Southern Ontario are to continue online learning until January the 25th. Child care centers across the province will remain open. The lockdown also means essential businesses that remain open will have strict capacity limits. Businesses such as restaurants will close to indoor dining, but will be permitted to have takeout and delivery. So support these, these, these small businesses, support these small restaurants. You went there while well, you can. Support them. On, the, on this on this on this ongoing lockdown indoor sports facilities personal care services including salons and casinos are all shut the province 
also announced it will offer a grant to some small businesses with a minimum of $100,000 to help offset their losses. And of course, we had another critic back here saying, you know, about, you know, uh, people are going to uh, lose their jobs. These places are going to have to shut down. These employees are going to get their benefits. They're going to get money from the government. The latest virus projections in Ontario indicate the province's ability to control the spread of COVID-19 is precarious. Data from health advisors concluded that tough lockdowns lasting a month or more could cut the number of daily cases to less than a thousand. We are seeing over 2,000 cases on a daily basis just here in the province of Ontario for the last seven consecutive days. If Ontario COVID-19 case rate continues to grow between one and 3%, the province will have 3,000 to 5,000 daily cases by the end of January. It also shows that under all scenarios, the province will see 300 intensive care unit beds filled within 10 days. Double the 150 bed threshold at which surgeries must be canceled. You know, I was reading other stuff today and uh, on this article and people commenting on it. And, you know, they're saying this is, this is nothing short of, of, uh, of a regime of, of shutting us down. And I, you know, I just, you know, it just boils my flipping blood when I hear people saying shit like that. You know, it really irks me. You know, and I and I comment back and I said, you you need to pull your head out of your ass. Get the memo. Maybe you don't give a shit, but other people out there do. Like myself and other people out there who lost loved ones to COVID-19. And you get people out there, oh, this is lockdown, this, this, this is the same as, as a regime. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Ontario reported 2,123 new cases of COVID-19 today and 17 more deaths related to the virus. Meanwhile, new measures meant to prevent a possible surge of COVID-19 over the holiday period um, that took effect in Nova Scotia on Monday. Indoor gatherings are capped at 10 people and retail stores are required to limit the number of shoppers to 25% legal capacity. That's in Nova Scotia. Now, Nova Scotia, at the beginning of this pandemic last spring, even shut down, when they shut down their province, no one could go to that province. But the rest of Canada, you could, you could move around any province you wanted to. They have the far fewest cases in the entire country. I think there may be, you know, 
60 cases in that province because the way they locked it down from the onset. The restrictions, the, these restrictions that I'm talking about, you know, are here for Ontario. Now, we're going to get to this story um, because I, I believe it was uh, I believe it was last night's show that I mentioned that uh, there was uh, a couple of churches out in, 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 uh, out in uh, Alberta and I, three, and I think uh, three citizens um, who were taking these mandated um, uh, restrictions uh, by their health officials and, and their premier, they took it to court that this was against their, their liberties and freedoms and rights. We'll get to that story in a moment. Out in Manitoba, um, they, re they reported 160 new cases and four new deaths, while Saskatchewan reported 206 new infections, as well as four more deaths. Um, Nunavut, way up in the Northwest Territories, have reported three new cases of COVID-19. And you wouldn't think that it would reach these areas so destitute. And it has. COVID-19 is not leaving areas untouched. Now, with these restrictions starting, you know, uh, on Saturday, December the 26th. And like I said, Southern Ontario, where I live, um, is going to be a 28-day lockdown. To the north, it's going to be 14-day lockdown. To the east, it will be a 14-day lockdown. Starting on the 26th of December. Now, we will find this one story and then we will get to, we will get to the, uh, the decision that was, that was made. Now, I think it's this one right here. Nope, that's not the one I want. <laughs> I don't want to get to that one right away because that, that that's just that'll just be backwards if I did it like that. So we'll just scroll down here again and uh, it's a pretty interesting, pretty interesting article from Alberta. Okay, I think this is, oh, why does it just keep coming up to that one here? It's not, uh, unless that's the one there, I don't know. No, see, it just, I don't know, that's funny how it just keeps trying to come back to that one. So let's try this one again, because I know I have the story. 
Um, while I'm looking for this, um, unless this is the one, no, see, that's just, that's funny. So how's your day going by so far? I hope you're having a good day, you know, not trying to find the story because I don't want to do it backwards. So, um, Let me see here. Um, Cause it was, um, it was actually a really good, it's a, it's a really good one. I don't understand. Um, I was understanding why it just keeps bringing me back to, um, the one that I don't want to read right away. I don't understand why it does that. So I'd probably be able to find it this way. So let's look at that at another way here and hopefully that uh, we'll be able to find it. <clears throat> uh, because there was some interesting things that were um, I'd be able to find it this way here too, because it's, it's, uh, uh -huh. okay. So, all right, well, let's start, let's, let's, let's go this way because, um, so two churches and I think like three residents of Alberta, um, or taking these um, um, COVID-19 health measures that they felt that, you know, this violated their rights, they're taken into court. And I said, good luck with that. You know, basically they wanted the judge to, um, remove these restrictions to save Christmas. Now Christmas isn't canceled. What's happening with, with Christmas is what they're asking you is just the members in your household, they're the only people that need to be there. And I get it, ladies and gentlemen, I don't have a, a, a heart of rock. You know, I have the heart of gold. You know, I want to be able to, you know, gather for Christmas, but I can't. I want to see loved ones for Christmas and I can't. We all want that. But we all want to see them for next Christmas too. You know, after Christmas, we have Easter coming up. That's another big celebration. We want to see him over the summer holidays. We want to we want to see him for Thanksgiving. But with this virus still spreading, do, you know, do people really want to take that chance? 
you know, having grandma and grandpa over for dinner. And you have all your aunts and uncles and cousins. And, you know, possibly, maybe some of these is asymptomatic. They, they, they don't show symptoms of COVID, but they can spread it. And then after all the gathering is all finished, everybody goes home. A couple weeks later, grandma and grandpa are not feeling well. Grandma and grandpa is now as cold. Is that something that you'd want? Is that something that you'd be able to bear that, you know, potentially it was you who, who uh, passed it on? You know, so they took this to court. And I said this was going to happen. It's not likely going to happen for these people to have these restrictions lifted. Because just imagine, I mean, if this judge turned around and said, yeah, you know what? You know, the government and the health officials stepped over the boundaries and, and lo and behold, they can't put these restrictions on us. You know how, how, how that would echo across this country? You know how that would echo around this world? The judge denies bid to save Christmas. Right? Denies the bid to save Christmas. Despite suggestions it would save Christmas because these people wanted these health restrictions. Despite suggestions it would save Christmas, a Calgary judge on Monday declined to overturn provincial public health measures, including limits on gatherings imposed to the, to the limit of COVID-19 infections. Court of Queen's Bench Justice Ann Kirker said lawyers for parties seeking to lift the restrictions failed to establish grounds for an injunction against the measures ordered by the Chief Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Dina Hinshaw. The lawyers um, argued there was no concrete evidence the measures were necessary to prevent the spread of the novel coronavirus. But the Alberta justice lawyer said the rules were necessary to combat the pandemic, which has infected more than 99,000 Albertans and has taken 860 lives. What we are seeing here is not training. Parker told Kirker in response to suggesting the province was trampling the rights of Alberta that we are seeing a democracy in action, the biggest health emergency in this province history. This lawyer, he countered saying the government lawyer was blowing this pandemic out of proportion. Are you flipping kidding me? 
this lawyer, this other lawyer is blowing this out of proportion. He goes on to say, this is not polio. This isn't the smallpox. This is the Spanish flu, he said. There's arguments that that few healthy people had died. Only a few. You know, how many is a few? A handful? 10? Out of that 800 and something that I mentioned, maybe, possibly? Maybe half? Healthy people are not dying from COVID-19, he said. Really? Healthy people are not dying from COVID-19. So you're telling me that everybody that COVID got COVID was unhealthy. And they died because they were unhealthy too. What kind of re ridiculous response is that? People in their 50s with no underlying conditions get COVID and they die. People in their 20s with no underlying conditions get COVID and they die. Healthy people die from COVID-19. You know, the lawyer noted that Kirker likely didn't think that when she was appointed to the bench, she would be the judge to save Christmas. Uh, this lawyer said that the restrictions on having visitors in your home or meeting people outdoors, mandatory mask use and businesses closures amount to the incarceration of 4.4 million Albert. You only have 4.4 million people in that province. Okay. Ontario, where I live, have 14 and a half million people in this province of Ontario, compared to their 4.4 million. Well over 10 million more. He said there was no evidence that, that less restriction measures would not be as effective. The measures taken need to be proportionate and there needs to be a balancing exercise by the government. Kitchen and many Albertans would suffer irreparable harm of one of the tests for granting an injunction if the restrictions remained in place over the holiday season. You can't buy Christmas back. You can't buy back being with family to attend a loved one's funeral, he said, of the, of the, of the fact uh, monetary compensation couldn't undo the harm. Some elderly people have been looking forward to spending their their first Christmas with grandchildren. You know, I'm really sorry, you know, if it's gonna be their first Christmas with their grandchildren. But it could be potentially their last. This could be their last Christmas, Kitchen said. 
The public health measures are affecting the relationships, the experiences, and the things that make life worth living. It's all affecting us. Yes, we are all fed up. But we need to do this together. Right? We all need to toe the line. He goes on to say, he said, constitutional rights are being trampled and Canada is the closest it's come to an authoritarian police state. What a crock of shit that is. Kirker agreed there might be um, imperable you know, harm of the injunctions weren't granted, but said she had to decide on a balance of convenience between the parties given the risks associated with the spread of the virus that the provinces is seeking to manage, you know, and, and uh, I'm of, of the view that there is a greater public interest in maintaining the integrity of the Henshaw's order. This is Dr. Henshaw of her orders. Then there is staying the parts of its of the application asked me to suspend so that they could, um, that they and other citizens of the province are able to gather and celebrate the holidays, she said. So there's going to be plenty more Christmas. And with this judge dismissing this case was the right thing to do because we certainly don't want grandma and grandpa's you know, this be their last Christmas. Or anybody else in your household, we certainly don't want it to be their last Christmas potentially. Whether you're healthy with no underlying conditions, people are dying from this virus. You know, I can't even believe that this lawyer would even take on this case. You know, it, it almost sounds like one of Donald Trump's cases. You know, they don't have proof of anything. Yes, this is hard on all of us. Yes, this is physically, mentally. Yes, it is. Financially, everything. But what's better? Just have a free-for-all? Say the hell with it? Everybody go do whatever the hell you want. Thousand more, thousands and thousands of more people die. Or would you rather, you know, have a very small Christmas and potentially having the normal Christmas next year? I would choose next year. So grandma and grandpa can still be with us. Now, there's another article out here. I think I'll go get right down to the right one here. 
Never to go, is that the one? Uh, no. Oh, here we go. Now, being Canadian, you know, my favorite sport is hockey, the NHL or the juniors or our local um, Ontario Hockey League here, here in Ontario. The National Hockey League and the National Hockey League's Player Association announced plans for the 2020-21 season. Teams will start in home arenas and divisions are realigned. So that means all the Canadian teams up here in Canada are going to stay in Canada. And the rest of the teams down in the United States are going to stay in the United States. This is going to start a 56-game schedule starting on Wednesday, January the 13th, 2021. And concluding on May 8th, as part of the agreement, the Stanley Cup playoffs would feature 16 teams in the traditional best of seven, four-round format, and conclude uh, around mid-July with the plan of returning to our normal hockey calendar for the 2021-22 season, which we can hopefully hope for, right? Have fans in the stands, all that fun and excitement. I'm just excited just to be able to just watch a hockey game on television. That's what I'm excited about. You know, it just, you know, takes your mind off of things when you have a favorite sport to watch. You know, because people have been playing golf, people, you know, they play basketball, baseball, you know, all these other sports going on. You know, so hockey, you know, gets, it's to return. And this is the, you know, really, this is the only way it was going to work. You know, because our borders are closed. And we're not just going to have, you know, everybody going back between the borders and everything. And, and you know, the mess that the United States is in with this COVID-19. You know, uh, they're going to be playing, you know, and up here in Canada. You know, and more than likely by July, I mean, we're by all means, I mean, we're not going to be out of this pandemic in July, but what they might do, um, the Stanley Cup may be played back up here again, um, like they did uh, back in August. And they'd be all in a bubble. Yeah, it was hard on players because they couldn't have family there and stuff like that, you know, but they got through it. You know, they played their game, whether they won or they're eliminated or not, whatever the case may be, you know, and then the Stanley Cup was awarded. So, you know, I mean, this is good news um, for, for the sport and, and it's good news for fans because, you know, you can sit down with the kids and the family and and, and, and watch a game and, and keep your potentially keep your mind off of off of this pandemic. 
so it, that's that's just um that'll just be uh really really cool so up here in the north here in canada that is going to have the, the uh, calgary flames the edmonton oilers the montreal canadians the ottawa centers senators the toronto maple leafs um the vancouver canucks and uh winnipeg and for the west in the united states that'll have anaheim arizona colorado los angeles minnesota san jose st louis and vegas and in the central part of the united states it'll be carolina chicago columbus dallas detroit florida nashville and tampa bay which are the standing champions and then in the in the east it'll be boston buffalo new jersey the islanders the rangers philadelphia pittsburgh and washington capitals now the format is pretty interesting you know each team in the east central and west divisions will play um, every other team in its division eight times while each team in the north division will play every other team in its division nine or ten times so we get to see our, our rivals more often you know the exciting games you know so this format is is pretty cool you know the camp is going to begin on january the third so it's going to give them 10 10 days you know to get ready you know try to get in in some play shape you know because you know they've been off you know for some time so um i'm excited about that you know kind of you know um you know lift your spirits a little bit and and saying yeah you know um this sport uh, is, is able to come back um they're able to play you know so that's exciting news for hockey fans um all over north america so that's pretty cool so what else did i have up here on my agenda oh i will mention this um so yeah tomorrow's tuesday so um i will be out tuesday evening at 8 p.m um wednesday evening at 8 p.m and then because you know we have christmas eve and we have christmas day i will return on the 26th of december the day after christmas um at um 9 a.m so that'll be on the saturday so uh what was i looking for down here what was i looking for uh, it's here somewhere it should be too hard to find i don't think it i don't think it went too far here oh here we go okay 
Let's see what we can find on here. Oh, I think there was one on here that I wanted to read. Oh, here we go. I think this is the one right here. So, so nearing the end of the program, um, in the evenings, um, to read a Christmas, uh, a Christmas poem, um, to enlighten everybody, you know, because, you know, my shows were going to, you know, going to start off a little, little harsh, you know, with what's going on, um, you know, in and around Canada and around the world, you know, and just to lighten things up again, um, you know, to, you know, hopefully make people feel better. This one here is by Amy Patterson, and it's called The Littlest Christmas Tree. The littlest Christmas tree lived in a meadow of green among a family of tall evergreens. He learned how to whisper the evergreen song with the slightest of wind that came gently along. He watched as birds made a home out of twigs and couldn't wait until he too was big. For all of the trees offered a home the maple, the pine, the oak, who's so strong. I hate being little, the little tree said. I can't even turn colors like the maple turns red. I can't help the animals like that mighty, uh, mighty uh, old oak. He shelters them all in his wide, mighty cloak. The older tree said, why little tree? You don't know? The story of a mighty king from the land with no, with, sorry, with no snow. The little tree questions, a land with no snow? Yes, said the old tree. A very old story from so long ago. A star appeared giving great light over a manger on a long winter's night, a baby was born, a king of all kings, and with him comes love over all things. He lived in a country all covered in sand and laid down his life to save all man. Little tree thought of a gift given by him. Then the big tree said with the happiest grin, we're not just trees. But a reminder of that day, there's so much bigger part of a role that we play. For on Christmas Eve, my life I'll lay down in exchange for a happier, loving ground. And as I stand dying, they're all adorn me and trim. They all will be done in memory of him. Among a warm fire with family and friends and the sweet songs of Christmas, I'll find my great end. Then ever so gently, they'll come down to see and take me to heaven, Jesus and me. So you see, little tree, we are not like the oak who shelters all things beneath this great cloak, nor are we like the maple 
and fall, whose colors leave many standing in awe. The gift that we give is ourselves, limb for limb, the greatest of honor in memory of him. The little tree bowed his head down and cried and thought of the king who willingly died. But what kind of gift can anyone give than to lay down your life when you want it to live? A swelling of pride came over the tree. Can all of this happen because of just me? Can I really bring honor by adoring a home, by reminding mankind that he's never alone? With this thought, little tree began singing with glee, happy and proud to be a true Christmas tree. You can still hear them singing, even in the smallest in height, singing of Christmas and that one holy night. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me this evening. Let's get those thank yous out there to my guests, my followers, my listeners. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. And thank you to our essential workers, our frontline workers our doctors and our nurses, our paramedics and our police, and our fire departments. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Thank you for joining me this evening. I will be back out here tomorrow at 8 p.m. So I hope you can join me then. Until then, take care and be safe. And thank you.